Shalom, everyone, and welcome back to Am Levadad Yishkon. This is episode number six. Last week, in our quest to understand what makes Am Yisrael so unique and what Am Yisrael really is, we began to read the Torah from the very beginning. We opened up from the very first Pasuk, Bereshit Bara Elohim, and began to analyze. And what we saw, which might have been surprising, is that the Torah in its opening section does not speak at all about the Jewish people, about Am Yisrael. The Torah speaks about humanity as a whole without any uh, indication whatsoever that there's going to be this special people that's set apart from the rest of uh, the world. And in fact, it made it seem very clearly that the original plan, as it were, did not involve one group of people pulled away, uh, pulled away from the rest of humanity, but rather that humanity the human race, was meant to uh, serve God as a whole. And we saw last week uh, that the very first uh, chapters of Bereshit make, make a few things clear. First of all, the world was created for the sake of man. And that man, man and woman of course, has a mission. A man was created in order to accomplish a mission and the world was created in order to enable him to accomplish his mission. And we saw something else as well we saw that man's existence at the beginning was completely conditional. There was never a promise at the beginning that the world will exist forever. To the contrary, man was told very clearly that if he follows God's command, there's an Eitz Chaim, there's a tree of life. But, if he ate from the other tree, the tree that he was prohibited from eating from, he was told very clearly that he will bring death and destruction upon himself. Now this idea that it's possible for the world to be destroyed and that there is no guarantee, there is no promise that God won't destroy the world, this may seem somewhat strange to us, but that is because we've already read Parshat Noach. But we're not up to Parshat Noach yet. Right now we're talking about the, the rules that were given to the world when it was first created in Parshat Bereshit. Things are going to change in Parshat Noach. And next week we'll see why. But for now it's important to understand that at the beginning the rules were very clear. Man has a goal. If he accomplishes his goal, if he at least tries to accomplish his goal, then he has a right to exist. But if he does not, if he betrays his mission and uh, defies God's command, then he loses his right to exist. And assumedly, since the entire world was created only for the sake of man, and for the sake of man's mission, then if man is going to be destroyed for not following his mission, for not accomplishing his mission, then assumedly the world is going to be destroyed as well. And in fact, we will see at the end of Parshat Bereshit, uh, just in a few minutes, and of course at the beginning of Parshat Noach, that this world was almost destroyed. This world came very, very close to complete destruction. Before we look at that though, let's understand something. Uh, there's a Midrash in Bereshit Rabbah that makes a very uh, astounding statement. Uh, let me read you the Midrash from Bereshit Rabbah uh, Parshatet. It says the following. It quotes the Pasuk, The Pasuk from the end of Perak Aleph of Bereshit, that God had created everything and it was all very good. And the Midrash says, Rabbi Tanchuma Patach, and it quotes the Pasuk in Kohelet, and uh, <coughs> Rabbi Tanchuma asks, 
Everything was done at the exact right time. What does that mean? Wasn't it always proper to, to create the world? What does it mean that God chose at a particular time to create the world and that was Yafebito? It sounds like prior to this, it wasn't ready for the world to be created. So to explain that, the Midrash quotes Rabbi Avahu. Amar Rabbi Avahu, Mikan Shakadosh Baruchu Haya Borei Olamotu Macharivan, Borei Olamotu Macharivan. That God, before creating this world, created worlds and destroyed them, created worlds and destroyed them. Ad Shebarat Elu. Until He created this world. And then He said, Amar Dain Hanyanli, Yaton Lo Hanyanli. Then He said, this world is pleasing to me. The other worlds were not pleasing to me. And Rabbi Pinchas is quoted afterwards as saying, Tama de Rabbi Avahu, Vayar Elohim et kol asher asa, tov me'od, Dein hanyanli, yaton lo hanyanli. What does it mean that this world is very good? This world pleases me, and other worlds don't please me. The Midrash describes God as it were, as if, as if, Kaviachol, God, um, try several times before, before getting it right, so to speak. He created the world and destroyed it, created the world and destroyed it, and finally said, ah, okay, this time, this time I got it right. That's a very difficult concept. Obviously, uh, obviously God is perfect, and uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to describe God as, as um, making mistakes or needing to, you know, needing to work through trial and error. So what could possibly be the idea of the Midrash uh, that before creating this world, God created other worlds but destroyed them. I think the answer is uh, understandable when you realize that this world as well was almost destroyed. This world was almost destroyed not because God did something wrong in, uh, and hadn't, didn't create it in the proper way, but because the world, meaning the people, did not live up to their responsibilities. And therefore, this world was almost created, was almost destroyed. If previous worlds that had been created were destroyed, perhaps it was for that reason as well. Meaning, the idea, according to this midrash, this midrash simply gives a certain amount of depth to the opening passages of of Bereshit. Bereshit tells us that this world was created on condition: if we do our job then we will exist. And if not, the world will be destroyed. And the Midrash suggests that previous worlds before this one didn't fulfill their mission, perhaps, and therefore were destroyed. And this world as well came so close to suffering the same fate. What happened? We saw last week, and we all know, that God created man and woman and placed them in Gan Eden and gave them a command, by Yitzav Hashem Elohim al Ha'adam, he gave them a command. And we saw last week that fulfillment of that command is fulfillment of the mandate by fulfilling God's command, by living up to God's command, humanity would demonstrate that, uh, that they respect God as the ruler of the universe, that they, so to speak, crown God as ruler of the universe. And as such, they deserve to exist. But, if you eat from the tree, you bring death upon yourself. And of course we know that that's exactly what happened. They failed the test. They failed to, um, to listen to God's command. And as a result, uh, they were punished. Now the punishments are detailed uh, at the end of Perak Gimel 
of um, of uh, Parshat of Sefer Bereshit. And as we know, there's a punishment for the woman. Harba arbe itzvoneich veheroneich beetzev teldivanim veelisheich teshukatech vuhuyim sholbach. A punishment that involves pain and suffering in pregnancy and in childbirth, and also a certain certain type of domination. Um, of men dominating women, and of course the man has a separate punishment of of aruraha adama bavurecha beitzavon tochalena koyemei chayecha vekotz vidardar tatzmiach lach bezayata pecha tochal lechem. Man is going to have to work very very hard to bring to bring food out of the ground. It's not going to be any longer like Gan Eden where everything is everything is easy. Both man and woman are going to have to struggle and are going to have to suffer. But then there's something else. In uh, Perik Bet, after being given these punishments, God says, it's presented almost as an afterthought. I'm sorry, in Pasuk Chafbet, at the end of Perik Gimel, Vayomer Hashem Elokim, Hein ha'adam haya ke'achad mimenu ladat tovara, Ve'ata pen yishlach yado, V'lakach gam me'etz ha'chayim, Va'achal v'chay li'olam. Then it says that if man, God is, as it were, expresses a, uh, concern. If man eats from the Eitzachayim, he's going to live forever. Gan Eden, Gan Eden is an environment that allows eternal life. And man is not, uh, is not worthy of that eternal life, and therefore he needs to be sent out. He needs to be banished. By Yishalchehu Hashem Elokim Gan Eden, Adama Misham. God banished man, sent him out of Gan Eden. And following that, there's a very strange pasuk. The last pasuk of Paragimel says, Vayigaresh et Adam, man is banished, expelled from Gan Eden. Vayashken mikedem le Gan Eden et hakruvim. Viet lahat hacherev hamitapechet, lishmor et derech et hachayim. It says that after banishing man from Gan Eden, God placed in front of Gan Eden the Kruvim, some sort of angelic figures, and the Lahat HaCherev HaMitapechet, the flame of the revolving sword. Honestly, I do not know what this means. But what fascinates me is the last words in the Pasuk. Lishmor et derech et To block, to guard, to protect the path that leads to the Eitz HaChayim, to the Tree of Life. To me, that's a very potent image. Meaning, there's a, there's a Gan Eden, there's this perfect sort of existence in which, uh, among other things, uh, in addition to being a place where, or an environment where there's no struggle, there's no need to exert energy on, uh, on, on earning a livelihood, on sustenance, on bringing new generations into the world, all that happens painlessly and effortlessly. In this environment is also an Eitz Chaim. This environment contains the possibility of eternal life. And man was banished from that environment because man was not worthy of it. But what's so striking to me is the image of this Kruvim and Lahat Cherev Mitapeche, whatever that means, which is placed there, Lishmor et Derech Eitz Chaim. Meaning, there is a path that leads back to Gan Eden. There is a path that leads to the to the Eitz Chaim, and that path is not destroyed, and that path is not removed, it's simply blocked. And that seems to leave me with the understanding that one day it may be possible to get back to Gan Eden. 
And we'll see later on that the Ramban understands this Pasuk exactly that way. And it's the Ramban at the end of the Torah, which makes this point very clear. According to the Ramban, and I think it's, I think it's clear from the Pasuk itself, the punishment for violating the sin is being expelled from Gan Eden. It's bringing death upon, it becoming mortal. Humanity became mortal at that point, otherwise they would have lived forever. They had access to the Eitz Chaim. Now there's death in the world. Now there's suffering in the world. Now there's, there's uh, the need to struggle and the world's existence is even more fragile and the possibility of the world being completely destroyed is even, is even more real. But at the same time, the fate of the world was not yet sealed and the world was not yet condemned. God gave man another chance. What we might call plan B. Plan A was to exist in the perfect environment of Gan Eden. Plan B is that man has to serve God and try to fulfill his mission outside of Gan Eden, without the advantages of that perfect environment, in a world where he's going to have to struggle and sweat and exert himself almost to the point of bringing himself to an end simply to bring a piece of bread home to feed his family. And the woman is going to have to struggle and suffer and be on the verge of death simply to bring the next generation into this world. It's a very difficult existence. It's a harsh existence. But... It's not an existence without hope. There is hope. Man can still redeem himself. Man can still justify his existence, redeem himself. And ultimately, ultimately the Derech Eitz Chaim still exists. It's blocked for now. But the potential of returning to Gan Eden and returning to the Eitz Chaim is still there. Now, this leads to the question, what's supposed to happen now? What are the rules that man is, what does man have to do in, in, in this new plan B sort of existence in order to fulfill his goal, in order to redeem himself? In plan A, in Gan Eden, there was one single mitzvah. Simply withhold yourself from, or, or refrain from eating from the Eitz Hadat, and, and you have fulfilled God's command. There is no Eitz Hadat any longer. So what's, what's the role now? What's the rules now? What does man have to do? The Torah, interestingly enough, does not spell out for us what mitzvot, what commandments there were um, that man had to observe. But it's clear from the text of the Torah that there were such commandments and that man and mankind understood what they were supposed to do. I can prove that from Perak Dalid. In Perak Dalid, we read of the first murder in history. We read of Cain, the son of Adam and Chava, killing his brother Hevel. And um, it's clear that not only was murder prohibited, but it's clear that Cain understood that very well. Um, we read in Perak Dalid, um, Pasuk, um, uh, Pasuk Tet, Hashem said to Cain, after Cain killed his brother, Vayomer Hashem al-Cain, Ei Hevel Achicha, where is your brother Hevel? Vayomer, and Cain responded famous words, Lo Yadati Hashomer Achianochi, he tried to deny it or, 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 or evade responsibility. I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't simply say, oh, I killed him. It's clear that Cain knows that killing his brother is something that's not allowed. And in fact, when God then accuses him and makes clear to him that he's being uh, held accountable for this crime, and God then 
pronounces his punishment arura tamin adama asher patstad pia lakachet edmeachicha miadecha. Cain simply responds in pasuk yud gimel vayomer Cain al Hashem gadol avonim so. Cain simply begs for forgiveness and says, "My sin is too great to bear. Please have mercy on me." At no point does Cain protest and say, "You never told me that it was asur." So although the Torah does not yet spell out any sort of a uh, set of laws or any sort of a commandment like it did in Plan A, it's clear that in this Plan B existence there was uh, a set of laws and there was a set of understandings. Chazal speak of Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, um, and although they're referred to as the Mitzvot B'nai Noach, the Mitzvot of the descendants of Noach, the truth is that uh, according to Chazal, they already applied, at least most of them already applied uh, to the children of Adam. The Rambam says explicitly in Hilchot Melachim uh, that six of the seven mitzvot b'nei Noach uh, applied uh, already to the children of Adam. And what are these six laws? Uh, there's only one of the laws of b'nei Noach that did not apply to them, uh, and that is the prohibition of ever minachai, the prohibition of eating uh, a piece of an animal that is still alive. That prohibition did not apply yet simply because there was no prohibition, there was no permission at all to eat meat. Animals were prohibited and therefore there was no problem, there was no prohibition, specific prohibition of Aver Menachai. But the other six of the universal laws, what are called the laws of Bnei Noach, those did apply. The prohibition of Avodah Zarah, of worshipping idols, the prohibition of murder, the prohibition of adultery, the prohibition of theft, the prohibition of cursing God, and the mitzvah of Dinim, the obligation to set up a system of justice and uh, to set up a, uh, a just society. In other words, basic laws of morality and basic laws of, of, uh, of uh, religiosity, one could say. A basic understanding that there's a God in this world, you're not allowed to worship false gods, and you have to, you have to act with, certain, with a certain type of morality, with respect for other people, and uh, respect for the rule of God. So if you think about it, these six laws ultimately have the same purpose that the commandment of, of not eating from the Eitzadat and Gan Eden did. The, the concept is the same. Man is given free will, and man is given a set of rules. And if man lives up to his, uh, if man fulfills those rules and, and lives by them, then he fulfills the purpose and the goal of his existence, he justifies his existence, and perhaps can ultimately get back to Gan Eden and can achieve the, the total fulfillment of his goal. But if he still fails to, uh, to, to live up to these rules, then at some point, this world is going to be destroyed. When Hevel, when Cain killed Hevel, he, he brought punishment upon himself, and ultimately, a number of generations later, the entire world brought upon itself the possibility of destruction. And we read about that when we come to the very end of Parshat Bereshit. Perik Vav, the end of Parshat Bereshit, uh, tells us we're now already ten generations after the creation of man, ten generations that have existed outside, or nine generations, if you will, that have existed outside of Gan Eden. And um, the Torah tells us at the end of per- Parshat Bereshit, a very, very bleak and depressing picture of the state of humanity at this point. It tells us, Vayehi ki hechel ha'adam larov al pnei ha'adama uvanot yuldu lahem. 
It talks about people having spread out across the earth. It talks about many, many, many descendants of Adam, a whole human society that has spread out all over the world. Um, and they have daughters, they have children that include women. And here we have some psukim which are a little bit difficult to understand. Vayiru b'nei ha'elohim et b'not ha'adam ki tovotena vayikhu lahem nashim mikol asher bacharu. It's not clear exactly who these b'nei ha'elohim, the sons of God are. But it seems to be, I think the simplest understanding uh, is that b'nei ha'elohim here refers to rulers, um, people of power, uh, who took advantage uh, of those who, who were defenseless. There's also some sort of a hint here, at least, of, uh, of some kind of sexual immorality, of, of rape, or of, uh, of kidnapping, and of, of taking women without their consent. We have here an image of violence and anarchy in the world, men grabbing women because they saw that the, they saw that the women are, are tovot, they're, they're perhaps good-looking, they took whoever they wanted to. Vayomer Hashem, and God said, Lo yadon ruchi va'adam la'olam, bishagam hu vasar, v'hayu yamav me'av ve'asrim shana. God gives a final deadline. The world has existed now for well over a thousand years. There's clear set, there's clear rules of morality Perhaps we can refer to these as the Sheish Mitzvot B'nai Adam, the predecessor of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. And, um, and people are simply violating them, and the world is degenerating into chaos, anarchy, it's filled with violence. And God gives a deadline, I'm going to give the human race another 120 years, and after that it's all over. After that it's all over. It says, Hanefilim, again, this is a cryptic pasuk, this second pasuk also, it's very difficult to know exactly what it means, but hanifilim, whoever they are, these fallen ones, hayu ba'aretz ba'yamim ahem, v'gam achareichen asher yavo b'nei ha'elohim el b'not ha'adam. It talks here about a world that's, that's filled with violence and corruption. And finally, perek vav pasukei, a sweeping indictment and a sentence of verdict. Vayar Hashem ki rabah ra'at ha'adam ba'aretz v'chol yeitzer machshivot libo rak ra'akol hayom. God saw ki rabah ra'at ha'adam ba'aretz. Man is exceedingly evil. V'chol yeitzer machshivot libo rak ra'akol hayom. And man is, is pure evil. That's all he thinks about. Vayinachem Hashem ki asat adam ba'aretz vayit atzev elibo. God said, "I regret having created man. I wish I had never done it." And now I think I'm going to reverse the whole process. Vayomer Hashem emche et haadam asher barati me'al penei haadama me'adam ad beima ad remes ve'ad ofa shamayim ki nichamti ki asitim. God says, I'm going to destroy man completely, and not just man. I'm going to destroy man and all the animals and all the birds and everything I'm going to destroy. I regret having created them. And if you think about it, this makes a lot of sense. The world was created. The entire universe was created. We saw this at the beginning of Parshat Breshit. The entire universe was created for the sake of man so that he can fulfill his mission. Man failed in the mission. Man failed in Gan Eden. Man was kicked out of Gan Eden. Man was given a bunch of rules, 
The man continually violated those rules. He was given a final deadline of 120 years, and it seems that those 120 years passed, and the world is still rock, rock, call hayom. God said, this is it. I'm going to destroy everybody. I'm going to destroy everything. This entire universe is going to be brought to an end. Just like according to the Midrash in Bereshit Rabbah, so many previous worlds had been destroyed. This world is also going to be destroyed according to that. And therefore, it's all over. But then, at the end of Parshat Bereshit, one little pasuk, almost as an afterthought, V'noach matzachein be'enei Hashem. There's one single person named Noach that God said, wait a second, this individual finds favor in my eyes. And the Torah continues, we read it a week later, but it's the very next Pasuk, Ela toldot Noach, Noach ish tzadik tamim haya bedorotav et Elohim hitalech Noach. Noach was an ish tzadik. And there's a well-known Rashi here, of course, that quotes the Gemara, the Machloket Tanaim. There are two ways to understand the Pasuk, that Noach is an Ish Tzadik, Noach is a righteous, righteous person. Yesh dor shinoto lishvach, v'yesh dor shinoto lignai. What does it mean, tamim haya bidorotav? He was righteous in his generation. One opinion is, only in his generation he was righteous. Had he lived in Abraham's generation, for example, he wouldn't have been very special at all. He was just a decent human being in his own time. That was that was very impressive, but in objectively speaking, it wasn't so impressive at all. The Yesh Dorshin and others understand it to be Dafka, uh, uh, an exceedingly great uh, statement of praise. That even in such a corrupt generation, he was great, and had he lived in Avram's generation, he would have been even greater. One way or the other, whether Noah was objectively a great person or whether Noah was simply a decent person and subjectively that made him great, either way, either way, for the sake of Noah, it seems that God was willing to give this world one last chance. And so after the failure of plan A with, with uh, Adam and Chava being banished from Gan Eden, and with the failure of plan B, with the laws of B'nai Adam, the predecessors to the laws of B'nai Noach, the laws of universal morality being completely ignored and completely violated to the point that God said, And God was ready to completely destroy the world. That would have been the end. But Noach Matzachen B'nai Hashem, because there was one person who was a tzaddik bedorotav, who was righteous enough to be deserving of another chance, God says, I'm willing to try plan C. I'm willing to try plan C. I'm willing to destroy everything except for this one man and his immediate family and give him a chance to rebuild the world anew. That's going to be plan C. In next week's podcast, Bezrat Hashem, we're going to see plan C and plan D. We're going to go through Parshat Noach and we're going to see how Noach rebuilt the world only to have that world also reach the point that it needed on some level to be destroyed. And by the time we reach the end of Parshat Noach, we'll see that something fundamental happens to change the nature of the world and create the need for a special nation called Am Yisrael. Only at the end of next week's shir will we begin to see the reason why there's even such a thing as the Am Levadad Yishkon. According to the original plan of, 
Parsha Bereshit, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Or if you want, you can say that the whole world was supposed to be Am Yisrael. But there wasn't supposed to be one particular nation separated from the others. That requirement came as a result of a number of events, which we will discuss, Bezrat Hashem, next week. Until then, Shalom.